0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the introductory episode of Sonic Insurgency. I am your host, Patrick McFarlane. Really excited to be starting this show. I've been thinking about doing a metal podcast for quite some time, although we're going to be talking about that a little bit. We're going to be talking about what the objectives here in this show are, what it's going to look like, and the things that we're going to be talking about. So I am a lifelong metalhead, a lifelong fan of music. I really you know, I like all kinds of music and we're going to be exploring that. Um, Although I, you know, I have been a podcaster for four years now and I I do some other shows that are politically focused, but that's not really going to be the focus here. That might come out in some of the reviews of the music that we're talking about. And I think it'll come about organically, but we're going to be focusing on music and the love of music here. And I hope that uh, everyone can get on board with that. I'm sure that's the reason why you're here. So These episodes are going to be 10, 15 to 20 minutes long, but I'm I'm looking to do episodes no longer than 20 minutes, and I want to talk about my favorite music, and this is going to be a laid-back, chill kind of podcast. Uh, We're going to be trying to mess around and dance around the copyright sharks and see if we can get away with playing music under fair use as I'm actively doing a review of it. And if you're listening to this episode uh, or this podcast on Spotify, Anchor allows me, uh, the podcast app Anchor allows me to interject clips of music that you can hear there. But I'm going to try and get away with actually playing the music here while I'm talking about it. I tried it on YouTube and I was able to get away with it. So we're going to be talking about, you know, specific albums or themes that I identify within uh, certain types of music. A little teaser here. The first episode is going to be about Slayer and uh, Jeff Henneman, the guitar player for Slayer, one of them, his obsession with Nazism and the occult. And I think that'll be really interesting. So we'll, we'll do themes like that, or we'll talk about grindcore in some episodes, which is one of my favorite genres of heavy metal. We're going to be talking about maybe some of the political things that come about in metal, and I'm going to be providing my commentary. So uh, while this is not going to be a political podcast per se, I'm sure that those things in my views will be coming out. Because one thing I've really identified is that in the music scene, it tends to be dominated by progressivism. And that's something that I don't see quite squaring with metal or extreme forms of music. But we're going to explore that. So if that turns you off right away, uh, I apologize for that. But I, I'd like you to hear me out because I, I think that you know, we can have a discussion about these things and, and, and just see where that road takes us. So for this episode, I'm going to be talking about my favorite band, Uh, the band that I grew up with, uh, the band that really got me into heavy metal music and to appreciate extreme forms of music. And uh, I, I got into this band because my mom was into this band. And I remember when I was younger, I discovered a bunch of records and cassette tapes that they had, and I would play those records. Um, I, I had a summer da- uh, summer job where I worked for my dad where I mowed lawns, and I'd be on the lawnmower all day long, and I'd always have my CD player or my Walkman at some times, and I'd be, you know, you listen to the music that your parents like to listen to as long as they don't try and push it on you. And I guess I was one of those kids who identified... Uh, the music that my parents liked. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And I ended up liking it a lot more than my parents did that, or they just grew up and, and really didn't have time for music anymore. So now for the big reveal, uh, that band is Judas Priest. Uh, I love Judas Priest. Judas Priest is one of my, uh, they, they just, everything about them. So I was going to do a little show and tell I also, I collect vinyl records and that's something that I've been doing. So my favorite Judas Priest album is Painkiller. I I remember liking Painkiller since I was maybe seven or eight years old. And, you know, the songs like Breaking the Law, I had heard, uh, I had a t-shirt. I remember in eighth grade, my uh, Judas Priest came to Rockfest, which was a summer festival in, in Wisconsin, kind of where I, in the area that I grew up. And my parents went, it was the 30 year anniversary tour. And I actually, I don't, I have the t-shirt still that my mom got me when I was in eighth grade and it's actually packed away in storage because it's so ratty. Uh, I wore it so many times and it it got ripped. Um, But uh, yeah, it's up there and I'm kind of saving it for my kids when they get old enough to appreciate that and to take care of it. So I, I have been collecting uh, vinyl for a few years now, um and some of this vinyl I'll identify the vinyl that I got that was ones that my mom actually had since the eighties. but here's my copy of british steel and I one thing if you get into collecting vinyl and i'm I'm not a connoisseur to the point where I will know exactly what the first press is and how and what the label was that first put it out and when the first press dropped uh, but this one here. There's a shop code tag on it uh, that looks pretty old. It was for sale for $7. And let's see, it says in shrink. It was a hype striker, it says. But, but you realize once you get into collecting vinyl that Judas Priest vinyl is a dime a dozen. I mean, you can find it everywhere. Judas Priest was a very popular band. Um, they broke in, Americans really like Judas Priest. And when they started touring, I think it really started with British Steel. If I remember correctly, British Steel came out in 1980 and Priest started touring the U.S. in earnest because they hadn't really found their stride until British Steel came out. Uh, they came out with a few albums that weren't received very well that um, we'll talk about a little bit. But, you know, you you have Rob Halford, the the vocalist who is very famous. KK uh, Downing and Glenn Tipton are the famous guitar players. And they really they did like a, a dual guitar kind of thing, a dual lead guitar soloing kind of thing. And they some of their first some of the first things that they were doing was really precision melodies in that dueling guitar format that was was something that a lot of people couldn't do at the time. And they stood out for that. So here's my copy of British Steel. Um, that's one of my favorite priest albums. I mean, there's so many classics on it, like, you know, breaking the law and living after midnight grinder metal gods. Uh, those are, those are some really classic songs that are on that album. So the next one, these are not in order, but, uh, painkiller and painkiller, I think came out. If I remember right, it was one of the last albums where before Rob Halford left the band in the nineties. And then you got Tim the Ripper Owens that came in for a couple albums. Jugulator was one of them, and I, I can't remember the other one. But this was kind of Priest's answer to extreme metal that was coming out at, at the beginning of the '90s, like Cannibal Corpse and Morbid Angel. Uh, those kind of those kind of bands that did like deep growling vocals. And this is maybe one of the heaviest albums that Judas Priest came out with ever. And I, I think. That that was their answer. They were kind of like, oh, haha. Ha, well, you want to play this game? We're going to come out with Painkiller, and that's going to be one of the greatest uh, metal albums of all time. But you can see everything. That one of the reasons why Judas Priest is so iconic is because Rob Halford. Uh, which was funny because Rob Halford was uh, he was a homosexual. Well, he is a homosexual man, and he he was very open about his uh, the way that he wore. He popularized BDSM and leather uh clothing and bondage that kind of aesthetic for metal and i don't think it really started with them because in our first episode we're going to be talking about slayer and kind of their aesthetic too Uh, but they slayer did the the leather and chains and that kind of stuff as well and spikes but i think the credit to that really has to go to rob halford but he was really into that kind of bondage um that underground kind of homosexual lifestyle And, or not really the lifestyle as much as I know, but the, the aesthetic. And he kind of brought that to metal, but you see a lot of things that we'll talk about in heavy metal being identified in this album cover. I mean, you, you, of course, you have the motorcycle with the buzzsaw and you have an apocalyptic scene with cities on fire and smoking. And, um, the, the hero protagonist is one thing that a lot of early metal uh, really talked about. Um, if you have like Black Sabbath, they had Iron Man was this this um, singing about power and singing about uh, being an outcast. And a lot of it has to do with the adolescent male testosterone kind of finding your way thing and maybe not being accepted in the mainstream, but feelings of like aggression and like, screw you, I'm gonna do this myself is a lot of things that I identify with metal. And I, I think it's pretty apparent with, with a lot of the the topic, the subject matter. Iron Man is just a very early example of that. But you also have other things that are being talked about, like Satanism and evil and the conception of evil. Uh, you also have like uh, Judas Priest. I think it was in the late 80s, or excuse me, in the late 70s. They came out with some of their albums that were like Exciter is a song that they came out with very early on, and that really had a lot to do with uh, nuclear devastation and uh, rockets being fired and kind of living during the Cold War in the 80s. And I think that's on Stained Class. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, Exciter. It's the first track on Stained Class. And I'm not quite sure when Stained Class came out, but I think it came out in the late 70s. But this is when you... Exciter is one of those songs where Judas Priest really started finding their voice because in at the beginning they were kind of like a bluesy, more of a bluesy kind of rock and roll band, but they really kind of cemented their metal sound here with uh, Stained Class. And I think Stained Class is a good album. Uh, yeah, 1978 is the time on this. So Stained Class comes out before um, British Steel. And so we have some of our... Rock-A-Rolla I think is the first Judas Priest album to come out and I'm trying to find the, yeah, 1974. So you have more of that like rock and roll feel to it. You still have Glenn Tipton and K.K. Downing on guitars. Rob Halford is the singer and he's still kind of finding his voice here. Um, They have a different drummer in this album, John Hinch, but Ian Hill is still the bass player and right now even they kept pretty much the same lineup except for Rob Helford going away in a rotating cast of drummers. They mostly kept their lineup until the 2010s, I think. And then you have, I think it was K.K. Downing left the band. No, it was Glenn Tipton left the band, and uh, Richie, I'm forgetting his name for some reason, but uh, this younger guy, Richie Faulkner, he came in and he took over the lead guitar sound and kind of regenerated the band for their last two albums, which I think are some are classic Judas Priest albums, very classic albums, Firepower and Redeemer of Souls. They were really, really good. But rock a comes out. It's largely a forgettable album. Uh, people do not give it love, especially reviewing it on YouTube. Uh, Razor Fist, I believe, did not give it a lot of love. So we got that one. Um oh maybe I think this is the first Judas Priest album is um I'm not even remember remembering what this one is called and you can't see it. Oh this is embarrassing for a fan like me. But um so Sad Wings of Destiny that's what it is. And so you this my copy is a little damaged but I got it for really cheap. Um yeah, not really knowing their voice on this one. So we won't dwell on it too long. So the next one is my other favorite Judas Priest album, which is Defenders of the Faith. I I love this album. A lot of my favorite songs are on it. Um, rock hard, ride free. The Sentinel, excuse me, the Sentinel is one of my absolute favorite Judas Priest fan uh, songs. Some heads are gonna roll is very classic, um, and Free Wheel Burning is really good. I mean, and plus the album art is just so sick. So I mean, you can see that. Uh, just a great, awesome, classic, iconic heavy metal eighties like they 're part of the new wave of British heavy metal it 's kind of what the movement is is called. Uh, bands like Saxon are in that bands like Iron Maiden. and um, so you also have Screaming for Vengeance, which was a little more of like I think this was a bit more of their hair metal phase, uh, along with like turbo. Uh, Turbo Lover came out kind of in the 80s. And I think that was kind of when Motley Crue was really popular. And that's one thing about Judas Priest is that they kind of shift between sub genres a little bit. And so I I really like uh, Screaming for Vengeance. You know, you get you get some we'll go more into depth on some of these albums, I think, in in some later shows. Uh, But you you kind of get an Orwellian subject matter on songs like, uh, electric eye and the hellion talking about a surveillance society, which I I don't know exactly how like philosophical a band like Judas Priest gets. Uh, that's another thing I wanted to talk about with heavy metal is exactly how the subject matter that they deal with and profound things that metal tries to say. And that people who are who don't understand heavy metal and don't get it. They don't understand kind of the depth behind it. And so I thought that that'd be really important, um, something to discuss. And so here's another, um, here's another album that wasn't quite as well received, Ram It Down. Uh, This came out in 1988. And my parents, they, when I was younger, they would tell me the story of seeing Judas Priest on the Ram It Down tour. Uh, They saw them in St. Paul and how Rob Helford came up on the stage riding his motorcycle, and there were pyrotechnics and everything. But all in all, I think that um, "Ram It Down" is is not my favorite Judas Priest album. It has "Ram It Down" is a really good song, but uh, "Heavy Metal" is not a great so- song in my mind. "Love Zone," "Come and Get It," "Hard as Iron." I mean, it's a little more of Rob's like sexy songs. Um, but "Blood Red so- Skies" is really good, and then. You got Johnny B. Good uh, on the back, too, which leads me to the last vinyl that I have, which is Unleashed in the East, which is widely considered to be the best live album ever recorded. It was one of the first... Um, it can't be one of the first live albums to ever come out, but it was one where the sound was so good on it that it really captured the energy of the crowd. And this was, this was recorded in Japan I'm pretty sure, uh, but but yeah, it came out, this was released in 1979, but just a killer album, just a great track list on it, uh, but it's a lot of the earlier s- songs, like Exciter, uh, Sinner, Ripper, The Green Man Alishi with the Two-Pronged Crown, that's a really good song. One of the first songs I learned how to play on guitar. Uh, Diamonds and Rust, really good, Victim of Changes, and Tyrant, Uh, is the last song on this album. So those are all really, really good songs. And just an iconic picture. You can just see them having a great time. And on the back, you have Rob Halford wearing his leather jacket and coming up with the motorcycle on it. So, And in the last little bit, I was going to save everything to the last where I actually play some Judas Priest here, but just in case I get copyrights or something like that. So, yeah, I hope that, um, you know, before we get into Painkiller, which is the song I'm going to play. Actually, no, let's play the Sentinel. Uh, I think everyone knows Painkiller pretty well. But, um, yeah, I hope that you were able to, you know, kind of get a sense of what we're going to be talking about on this show. And um, kind of the format that we're going to be going at it. But here is the Sentinel. And this is one of my favorite Judas Priest songs because it, it kind of tells a story a little bit. And I'm not a person who really, um, I, I don't always love stories in music, but uh, nonetheless, it, it's just a really kind of majestic thing. And so it's, it's heavy, but it's got that kind of 80s classic feel to it. And just kind of sounds like, I don't know freedom. Sworn to avenge. But it kind of tells the story and makes you think of like, I don't know, Judas Priest kind of has this thing where it seems like they're, they're talking about a law, lo- a lone warrior or like someone who rejects society and is riding on their motorcycle um, off into the sunset. And, Yeah, Kind of speaks for itself. You know, and then that theme comes up in other songs kind of like Rock Hard Ride Free. Um, Amidst the upturned burned out cars, a challenger awaits. But one thing you notice about Judas Priest all the time is that Rob Halford really kind of solidified that operatic vocal. And another person that did that was um, Iron Maiden's lead singer, Bruce Dickinson. Uh, But I think that Rob Halford really did the best. And my wife and I really get into a lot of fights about this, but I think that Judas Priest is better just by a little bit. And she thinks that Iron Maiden is better just by a little bit. But you get awesome dual solos here. So you got so many things in this song that is classic Judas Priest, like their hallmarks. I mean, you have Rob Halford's vocals that are just climbing. Um, You have the dueling guitars kind of speaking back and forth. You have a song about a protagonist hero who comes, who's kind of an outcast, but everyone really looks to them. And there's kind of this glorious battle kind of story going on in the background and you get this interlude. So, super metal stuff going on here. Yeah, so you'll have to forgive the the audio leveling on this. still just kind of trying to figure it out. This is the first episode. So, hopefully we'll get that figured out. And um, thanks for joining me for the first episode. Really excited to be... Uh, doing more of this. And uh, we'll see how it plays out with the copyright strikes. Uh, I got Slayer on YouTube without anything, so we'll see how this goes. All right, well, don't forget, if you like this content, to share it. Follow me on social media at liberty underscore weekly. Um, That's kind of where I do most of my stuff. I'm not going to create yet a separate Twitter account for this podcast. Uh, but you can also find me at libertyweekly.net. That's kind of my my main shtick that I do. I'm a contributor at the Libertarian Institute at libertarianinstitute.org. I write a lot about anti-war stuff and um, the, the principles of libertarianism, of liberty, and uh, all that good stuff. But you don't have to be into that to enjoy this show, I promise. Okay, well, thanks so much. We'll catch you next time where we're going to talk about Slayer and Nazis. Peace.